Hello, hello, hello. So you are watching a brand new episode of Business Acceleration Playbook, bringing you the plays that you need to win in your business. And I am so proud because I remember not to say we're live because that's what I usually say. And I got scolded for that a few times because we learned all about that last I week. Did. I got scolded yeah. and I was like, you can't say that anymore, Maria. And I know myself that I'm going to fall off the wagon. Everybody's going to have to keep me accountable. But I didn't say it today. So yay, small wins. So we have a great guest today. I'm super excited for everybody to meet her. But before we get her introduced, I want to go ahead and have our two co-hosts that are with us today, Jeff Dewaskin and Angela Buckley, introduce themselves. We'll just kind of go to my right, which is Jeff. And then Angela, you can introduce yourself and then we'll get our guest introduced. Hey, hey, hi. Welcome, uh, Dr. Nancy. It's so good to have you. I uh, Can I call you Dr. Nancy? The uh, <laughs> I'm Jeff Dewaskin. Uh, engagement expert, social engagement expert, hashtag stampede. We uh, help brands manage uh, engagement on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at scale. I'm also host of Live from Detroit, the Jeff Dewaskin show, and uh, I have mugs now, and that's why I'm holding that. <laughs> so, are you selling? Jeff, I need now? a mug. I do too. I'm about to buy a mug. No, my fiftieth, my fiftieth episode is next week, so next Tuesday, I'm doing a big contest on uh, right. and I give, i'm giving away some of these babies that's right. right who doesn't All want right. to do it? think how great you'll look when you're doing this we will have to make sure it's held just the right way though Take right. Long think, steps. think how good this would look on dr nancy's shelf next to her compelling selling yeah book. that would be so amazing so amazing the colors are just perfect you are teasing me <laughs> All right. So. Yep, and my name's Angela Buckley. I'm with Creatively Efficient, and um, I like to bring to you the structures that you need in order to understand the rules and break them just a little bit to be efficient. Awesome, so. awesome. And like usual, they're amazing co-hosts, and I'm lucky to have them here uh, for the show. And Dr. Nancy, I want you to kind of dive in and introduce yourself and tell the viewers that are watching right now and the listeners that are listening right now, who you are and what you do. Hi, I'm Dr. Nancy Zare, sales psychologist and strategist, and I work with small business owners and entrepreneurs to help them understand and get inside the mind of the buyer and how people make buying decisions. Uh, as a sales psychologist, I use my knowledge of psychology to, and human behavior to help people understand buying styles. Turns out there are four different ways people make buying decisions, and I can help you figure out which one uh, you're speaking with and therefore adjust your communication accordingly. That is, that's nice. very good. That is a really, really good. Usually people are like, well, I work here. That's usually me. I'm usually everybody. That was, that was a really good plug. I love that. And I love the idea of um, cell psychology uh, because, you know, we all know that uh, humans are emotional beings and we make decisions based on our emotions. And I think that so many businesses, small businesses, large businesses, entrepreneurs make the mistake of not putting that element of emotion into their sales processes, into their marketing and into their business. Can you kind of share maybe a little bit about how you got into doing sales psychology? Great question. So I think I was born a psychologist and that story has to do with uh, coming from a, a 
family where my parents had a very uh, stormy marital situation. And literally, as um, a young child in the family, I tried to bring peace. I was able to actually help them communicate more effectively. Uh, they stayed together until I graduated from college. So uh, obviously, I did something of value at that point in time. But when I graduated and uh, I got trained in the mental health field and was hired to do employee assistance programs in the workplace, which are interventions to help people with mental health addiction problems. And I was marketing and selling them. Well, I didn't know shit from Shinola about selling. And so I went back to school not to get a degree to the library to learn about selling. And so as a result, I came across uh, lots of information and particularly the Platinum Rule, which is a book by Tony Alessandro. And that totally aligned with my values. I went on to create something called the Alikeability System, Alikeability, not like, but a like ability. And, um, and that quadrupled sales in 90 days. And now I teach that to others. I love that. I like ability. I've not actually heard that word. I guess. Did you coin that phrase? I'm assuming. Uh, uh, you, you see the trademark symbol? <laughs> oh, I do now. Yes, I do. Yes, I do now. There you go. Yeah, That's yeah, why yeah. I've heard of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I like that. That makes a lot of sense. And Angela, I bet you're bubbling with anticipation on asking some questions you usually are. So it's like, <laughs> she's usually, she's, she's really good at coming up with some questions and it goes way above my head. No, it's just because I'm such a terrible seller. So I love all of these guests that you choose. They're just helping me tremendously. So, um, so I, am I correct in understanding when you talk about likability that um, birds of a feather flock together? So we like to purchase from the people that seem most like us. That's a very good assumption, and indeed. Um, people need, we need to feel comfortable with that other person. You've heard the expression, we do business with those we know, like, and trust. So there is some aspect to liking somebody, but definitely to get to the place of trusting them, there needs to be a feeling like they're like me, they get me, I feel comfortable with them. At the same time, you know, we all have sales resistance. People don't, think about that too much. But when we go to the store and the clerk approaches with the usual, may I help you? Our knee-jerk reaction is to say, I'm just looking. So we all have sales resistance. And in order to be successful in selling, not only do you need to raise the trust level, you need to lower the resistance and that will open the doors to doing business together. Okay. I like it. Yeah, that's good stuff. It's, how about how about you, Jeff? Likeable. It is likable. It's a likable. <laughs> how, how, how much is? How much do you recommend having humor play into it? Uh, humor, humor, of course, is always good. But it turns out that just like I told you, the, or, or maybe I didn't share with you, there are four distinct ways people make buying decisions. Hence, there are four different styles of humor, and so there isn't a one-size-fits-all approach to humor or to communication or to marketing or to anything else. There are four different ways that people are literally biologically hardwired and programmed. And hence, you need to, of course, adjust your style to match theirs. That's what the likability system is about. And you do it authentically. This is not a monkey see, monkey do, copycat situation, but it's uh, adjusting your style based upon the values of the buyer. 
Jeff just wants you to say yes, he can be funny because he can. He can. <laughs> and need to hear that. <laughs> and to obviously to people who share that sense of humor. And I'm sure you've known people, Jeff, am I right? Who, when you've said something that was extremely funny and witty, they just were like, What's with this guy? <laughs> <laughs> I don't like those people. Exactly. <laughs> they are not a likable. <laughs> However, the ones who absolutely, you know, geeked out on your humor, they were the ones that you thought, oh boy, you know, they're like me, right? I feel good with these people. So yeah, there are there are four different humor styles. There truly are. Right. If humor doesn't work, I whip out this. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that then, then they like get take my money right take my money I, I thought you, they just gave you the coffee mug or something <laughs> you never know so I, I like I like that you've got it separated because I do I am a firm believer that you know you to be able to practice the best sales approach and the best marketing approach that you have to be comfortable with the fact that you know putting out who you really are is I think very important to do. And then also being okay with the, your viewer, your potential client, your potential customer, not really liking who that is, to be able to kind of weave through the people that aren't right for you to be able to get to the people that are. And that can be quite a process for people, especially early on. Um, you know, I know when I first started my business, of course I had no money, you know, because you, you know, people don't talk about the very beginning that you're like literally working 80 hours and you're like paying, you're writing your business checks, right? Because you have no money, you know? So it's like your like clients and customers are coming to you and they might not be a fit, but it's like, oh, I need that cash. So you're just taking whoever. And it takes quite a while sometimes to figure out that, you know, not all money is good money. So when you're teaching this sales psychology process the way that you do, and I don't know if process is the right word, but it's the word that I'm kind of using at this moment. You can correct me. But when you're teaching this, um, do you take into, into consideration um, people that are maybe not used to people not liking their sales approach or their marketing approach or their personality approach? Or what is your what is kind of your guidelines with that? So again, I, I teach my clients how to identify these four buying styles within 30 to 60 seconds. And there's six different clues that you can use to figure out who you're speaking with or corresponding with. Uh, the first is their vocal qualities, because a lot of times we're talking to somebody, maybe even before we get to meet them or whatever. Um, the second is how they dress. The third is their behavior. The fourth is their writing style or how they write. Fifth is their social media presence or lack thereof. And the last one is decoration of home or office. And those are as now with Zoom and our ability to see inside people's offices and home spaces, you know, we're getting more and more information about that last one, which is how people decorate or fail, fail to decorate their space. And I decorated mine. There you go. Neat and all compact. <laughs> my I, my office is set up, though, where the computer is. Where you're getting behind me is the worst. Like, every other wall is interesting. Like, I used to have a laptop that sat here, and it had my bookshelf. And I would wait for people to point out that I had a huge vinyl collection. <laughs> You know what I mean? Because like, because that was like a conversation starter. You Just know, put a mirror behind you. It's like, like I love your gum. Yeah. 
your agam right there yeah, is, yeah. is very nice. Do you, do you I, know agam, by the way, as an artist? Because uh, I have an original across the way there. Yeah, oh. well, I, I, it only says gam, so I knew it was. Oh, agam. The, yeah. the uh, yeah, yeah, I used we to. We can only see the am from here. Yeah, that's yeah. Right. I used to actually, I used to have one, like a huge museum piece of a magam. I got three. I had a three-dimensional. So you know, yeah, yeah, with the yeah. little, yeah. Where you, where you, as you walked, it changed. Yes, it changed. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I know. I, I had one of those as well. So, it's very exciting. Anyway, we won't geek out on that, right? I, I don't even know. I'm just like nodding, like, whoa, yeah. I have no idea. He's, a, he's an Israeli artist who I kept um, saving, saving, and I'm like, you know, oh, it's gonna go through the roof when he dies, and the man is alive for, is gonna live forever. <laughs> he created an art technique called the gamograms and it's exactly what Jeff described. It's oh, wow. three-dimensional. Little pieces of wood stick out from the surface and he painted in all three sides of the wood so okay. that as you move around the painting, it literally changes what you see. I have, I have awesome. seen some of that. I just didn't realize the name. Yep. So. No. so. That's what separates Dr. Nancy and I from the rest of the group. Wow, well, that's here. okay. You know, I, there's, there's sometimes just that special bond, you know. Maria and I have had our days. <laughs> yes, we have. <laughs> but that is one of the tricks, right? Notice something in the background and create a connection based on the things that you can now see. Right. Again, again, you you are we are looking for connections, but even beyond connection is to actually understand the values of that person's buying style. Um, and so uh, let me share with you that I labeled them two, four, six, and eight, the styles. So the, the number and these numbers correspond to the number of contacts needed by the decision maker before he or she can say yes, before they can decide. So the number two decision maker, number two buyer takes only one or two contacts and they're good to go. Now that approach is very different than our number eight who needs eight or 12 or more contacts before he or she can say yes. So clearly you've got to adjust your presentation, your communication to that person's style. And again, that number two is quick, decisive, fast, in a hurry, in a rush. They want the best. It's all about, you know, luxury and being treated like a, a you know, royalty, etc. That person's different than our number eight who geeks out on information, takes a deep nosedive, wants to understand explanations, science, you know, research about whatever you're doing. Different, different presentations are needed. Would you agree? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So what's the six? So what would you determine the six to be? Your six, by the way, is your average buyer. Because if you know anything about sales statistics, 70% of sales are made after the seventh contact. And that six person takes about six or seven contacts before they make up their mind. They are doing research, but not scientific. They are looking at the Better Business Bureau and directories to find out your reputation professionally. So they're looking up the history, the background, social testimonies. They want to understand, you know, your professionalism, are you organized, etc. So that's, again, a very different level of information you want to provide versus your number eight. Interesting. So you want to know about the number four? Yes. <laughs> okay. So number four is all about friendship. They want that human connection with you personally. They actually don't mind spending more money if they know they're supporting a friend, if they're supporting a cause, a charitable 
foundation, whatever. Uh, so this is, they want that connection with you as a person. And so they are very friendly, very trusting. They need about two or three contacts. So they're very fast, plus one. That plus one is why I label them four, because you add one and you get you know, to two to three, you get four. And that's because within 24 hours, they get buyer's remorse. If you have not circled back and you have not identified that I really care about you personally, it isn't the business transaction. It's the fact that we are now connected. They will no show, return it, diss you. I mean, they get very, very upset by that because they're looking for that connection with you. Absolutely. I, I can see, I, I'm sitting here thinking over a lot of my clients <laughs> and I'm like placing them and okay, yeah, that one's this and that one's this. And it makes a lot of sense. It does. It makes a lot of sense. And so it turns out that these four styles, they take different amounts of time to make up their minds, but that means that there's, again, you need to present and communicate with them in a different fashion, including like do you text them versus a phone call versus an email? Because again, these people are moving at different paces and looking for a different way of uh, making a decision. And so their values behind the decision is why I talk about, if you know, which by the way, The Compelling Selling, which is my latest book, it's all about the words to use that connect quickly and authentically with each of those four styles. Let's go ahead and talk about your book a little bit. Um, like, can you share with everybody when? Do, well, first of all, when did you write the book? So, is that something that's new? Yeah, it, it's new. Um, what happened is last year, January in 2020. Excuse me, I had an international bestseller called Words That Sell with Style, and it was electronic. And I was intending to publish it in April as a printed book and COVID happened and there were no book signings and no bookstores open and so forth. And so it gave me the time to take that book and actually revise it substantially. And so in October of 2020, that's when I had uh, came out compelling selling. And so there's a good part of words that sell with style in the book, but then it's a whole new approach to the 2468 because I put them in order for the reason that I just explained. When you understand that people need different amounts of time to make a decision, it's going to absolutely inform how you present, communicate, influence, and sell. So Dr. Nancy, can you tell me if a a buyer type is buying different types of products. Do they also shift their buying type? I'm, I'm reflecting on myself when I'm in a hurry and I have my son and he really does not like to close shop. We hop in, we find exactly what he needs and we hop right back out. Like this is an in one done. Thank you. Gotta go. Right. Like it's very much a hunting expedition. Um, <clears throat> but my engineering background and scientific analysis on anything that's certainly a long-term product or a higher quality product or a lifestyle choice, then I am definitely box 12. Is there like box 20? Because I'm, I'm waiting <laughs> over there. 
<laughs> Definitely. So it turns out that we are a combination of all four styles, just in a different amount and a different order. And the style that is prevalent in our work decisions may not be the same style we use in a personal decision. So your question, Angela, is extremely astute that, yes, different products, hence different parts of our life, would bring out perhaps a different style. And that that style that you know, executive quick, quick, you were number two when it came to your son, you know, and getting what you needed, that makes perfect sense. But then, as you said, other important decisions, this is where the number eight looks for things that are practical and utilitarian. And specifically, they're looking for things that have value over time. Hence, they will go for a more expensive item if they are, if they understand that it will have a longer lifespan and serve them better over time. Mm -hmm. What did Zig Ziglar say? Price is what you pay and value is what you get. And, and we, we want value. People want value. Mm -hmm. Whatever that value is. For the number two, the value is expediency. It's off my plate. I've got it done, like, like with the case of the, your child. You know, I got it done and off to the next thing because I don't have time to fool. Time is my most valuable commodity here. Yes. Whereas when it was, say, buying a car, it's like, no, I got to really look into this. I really got to understand, you know, the longevity and the cost versus this, that, and the next thing. I'm glad you shared that because I was in a trying to think what I was. <laughs> Maria is trying to box herself. I, she's I was really unboxable. I am unboxable because I am, even though you just said car, I am that person that walks on the lot and goes, oh, I want that one. And they're like, you want to test drive it? Do I have to? Well, we at least need to ride it around the block. Okay, fine. We'll ride around the block. I'll take this one. Um, but there are things that um, I don't look at a car as a long-term investment though, because it just like, as soon as you drive up a lot, it's depreciated anyway. So, but on long-term investments, I do really look into things, but I don't know. I'm very much, I'm glad that you said it. Cause I was like, I don't know what I am. I'm a freak of nature, which I yeah. still am a little bit. <laughs> we are definitely a combination of all four. Yeah. And in the context, as Angela pointed out, makes a huge difference in which style is prevalent at the time. You know, um, and there, there's always one style that will be, you know, your bottom, your kind of your choo-choo train, right? And that style is your least uh, developed style. And so there's a good chance that's not the one you, you go to in general. But the, the first two styles play back and forth with each other. I felt but like there's maybe, an ask. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Angela. Sorry, Maria. Maybe it also um, speaks to your values. That's what I was going to say. You're <laughs> sorry. No, um, good. Which one you're deploying at it. I know we're crazy. Um, for example, so I'll use the clothes shopping again. My sister is very much focused on how the fashion reflects her character, right? So when she clothes shops, she puts a lot of effort and thought into the entire thing. I work for manufacturing. We wear blue jeans and the polos that they issue us. Like that's what I wear. My, my wardrobe is horribly boring. Monday through Friday. It's a little more interesting on the weekend, but in general, not that much more interesting. And so for me to go clothes shopping is very much an executive. I must get in, I must get out. As long as the jeans look reasonably professional and fit whatever polo is being issued to me, that's what I'm wearing. Um, but her case is a different type of professionalism in which she feels very much judged by the way she presents herself and therefore, First, but she also enjoys 
looking professional. Um, but it, so I, th I wonder if there's not some underlying psychology associated with that as well, like which one you're employing reflects the values and the context in which you're actually applying that product. Yeah, again, because there are dominant values for each of the four styles, like the number two style there, I mentioned that expediency is one of their major values. And so that may be, you know, the one that takes over in a particular occasion. In the number four style, the, the dominant value is connectedness or that, that, report, that relationship. The number six, it is... Um, kind of following the rules and and tradition and being a part of the pack and you know staying there within mm. within the mm. norm and the Not number eight <laughs> the number eight is that independent thinker and the, you know the go deep and I got to figure it out myself mm -hmm. you know so these are very different again values that come to play depending again like you said on context you know where am I in terms of this particular situation I know that clothing is very interesting because I mentioned that's one of the ways you can pick up on somebody's style your number two person is a clothes horse and they love to look their best and want to flaunt it and designer labels and you know the stiletto heels and the cuff links and the monogrammed you know on the collar cuff and all sorts of things you know they they really enjoy looking uh, spiffy. Uh, the number four, it's all about casual and comfortable and down to earth and no ceremony and just, you know, let it all hang out and, you know, <laughs> the looseness and the flowiness and all that. And then our number six is very like a dry cleaner, pressed, you know, starched, prim and proper and always dressed properly, very conservatively. And our number eight is, you know what, clothes just don't matter. You know, it's what's the content of the mind, and hence <laughs> their second style is what clothes them. So they may choose the sixth style, which is kind of conservative, because they figure, oh, they know the rules. That they're gonna, you know. So I'll just except I don't have any time to iron. I don't want to look like I am got creases in my trousers, and you know, I'm not tucking in the shirt in my belt line. Forget that. So what about you, Jeff? What do you feel like listening to her psychology? Where do you feel like you fall? I don't think I can be cracked. I, <laughs> I, I mean, I think I'm different depending on how much I know about the thing that I need to buy. Is that, you know what I mean? There's, there's certain things I don't care about. Like, like Maria, I'm with you on the car. I'm like, does the key work when I turn it? Yes. All right. I, then can I have it in blue? <laughs> you know, four, what I mean? four wheels, right? Right. I mean, so certain things I'll go in. Like uh, there's certain high price things, like a car. You know, like where when I say high price, I mean like you know what I mean. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's, and um, you know that I'll kind of spend so much no time on because I don't care. It's to right. So I'm with it's a Maria. Tool. It's yeah. a tool. Yeah. And then you know if like we're doing something like at work and we're building a, to, uh, a tool that maybe says something to do with you know, my day to day where I know how I'm going to use it, I'll be more, more skeptical and, and push if it's something I don't know about, because the boss asked me to do it. And it sounds right. You know, I'm always the thing that I always have issue with, um, with sales is the, the meetings are always great until you buy it. And then you find out the 50 things that it doesn't do <laughs> because, oh, oh, a only goes to B to C if you bought D. 
and oh well, you never mentioned d and then you know or ia only works with b as if you do this and then, you know like those things start to come out so those depending on how many mouse traps there might be for that is dependent on how much i might push back and then price sometimes plays into how long it can take to uh to commit or not commit just based on you know the hoops you need to go through cheaper things with that are high or low risk you know you all right well so you lose x amount you know what i mean but if it's you know enough where it's up the equivalent of someone's salary then you know that you know you're gonna get your ass handed to you if something doesn't work so uh you know so i it's i think it all depends it's like there's no specific um jeff is our critical thinker well, actually, Jeff, you revealing yourself as a strong number eight, even though you might not necessarily identify with that, but that is the thoughtful, you know, critical, you know, uh, analytical person. And again, you don't waste your mental energy on things that are inconsequential. I like to think of myself as a 10, but if, if eight's the best on this scale, I guess I'll take it. <laughs> Jeff, I was already at 12, so you're going to have to keep up. You, you will appreciate this particular story. Uh, one of my, uh, my clients uh, who knows this system very well, and uh, part of the system, what makes me unique, there are three things, including asking for permission. And so every time she would talk with this particular decision maker who was the number eight, you know, the, uh, she would ask for permission to contact this person again in about three months. So over the course of three years, she contacted this person every three months. So we're talking about at least four contacts. And each time, of course, the decision maker, no, 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 no. And then she happened to call. I don't know if it was the 13th, the 14th or the 15th time. And the person said, I've got my credit card ready. When do we start? That's a long time. That's commitment right there. <laughs> well, and again, it's uh, that person heard the messages previously about what the service or product was, and eventually it then rose up as a as a need, and they were ready to go. And that you know, and uh, so that's actually a, an eight two combination where the person what took a long time to make up their minds, and then it's like go, let's get it done, let's get it off the plate. So yeah, I can see that. I'm currently being. I don't know, not hustled, that's not right the word, but somebody is currying my, my financial favor, right? They want to sell something to me. And it's a high ticket item, but I'm finishing my dissertation. And so I keep telling them, call me in three months, we'll see how far I am. And I really probably, I would say I'm like 90% sure that when I'm done and when I have the financial resources and the time to commit to that financial commitment, right? Um, I will I will buy from them, but it's it's definitely every three months if you just if she just needs to kind of check in and keep me warm really mm -hmm. don't tell her but and again, but you see a lot of people don't follow up again just to uh, cite some sales statistics you know there's a huge percentage of 48 percent who never follow up even once Never follow wow. even once. So they, they, they you got, you said no, and then that's it. They cross you off the list, and they go on because sales quote is a numbers game. So they just run, run, run to find the two to three percent who say yes today, mm -hmm. and then there is of that fifty-two percent who will follow up once. Again, half of them fall off, 
and only 26% will follow up a second time. And of that 26, only, so do you get the idea of how rare it is for someone to follow up over time? So you say that, yeah, you're ready to, to go forward. You would be, again, with certain provisions. Are, you know, is this person, does that person have a gumption, you know, to keep following up? Right. Follow-up is a big sales activity. The fortune is in the follow-up, and too few people truly have a dedicated follow-up system. And again, if you understand the buyer style, then you know what kind of follow-up you should be doing. You know, That's going to be my quote of the day, fortune is in the follow-up. Well, it's, an, it's not original to me. It's by, I believe, comes from Jim Rohn, uh, who okay. was a famous uh, American motivational speaker wow. and sales wow. trainer. Jim Rohn. Yeah, do you? Me too. I, I got to see Jim Rohn speak once. I was, yes. I was upset. It was only, I, yeah, I was upset it was only once. Jim Rohn's like the guy that like basically inspired Anthony Robbins. Yeah, Tony very, Robbins. very yeah. folksy and, you know, yeah. but, but, oh, so clever, so bright, really sharp guy. Yeah. If, Good. if, if you knew you only had to eat an apple a day to stay healthy, would you? Would you? <laughs> you know, that kind of, it's like that kind of. <laughs> yeah. I he's like worth, it. He's worth looking up if you haven't. He's great. Yeah, he's, yeah. A, he's good. I like Tony Robbins too. And Dean Graciazzi. Those are three people I really like. Sorry, I didn't mean to de derail you, Nancy. I, I'm not derailed. I, I go with the flow, folks. <laughs> Nancy's a, an eight, so she can she can deal with your two. The best salespeople are chameleons. They're able to flex themselves according to the other person's style. And that is essentially what the likability system is about. And again, to do it authentically, to do it based on the values of your buyer. Uh, again, not in a manipulative way, but, but in a, you know, a genuine service way. So um, it's just, Statistically, um, is your sales approach different when you're selling knowledge products? So if you're selling a course, a lot of entrepreneurs today are selling online training of some sort, right? There's, a, especially with this COVID era, is your approach and now with the digital, um, yeah, you, you really don't have as many opportunities to make these face-to-face -face contacts. Is the digital approach, do you see a shift in the, and people's purchasing uh, methods as a result of the COVID, as a result of the type of product that you're selling or buying? How does that play into the overall picture? So I mentioned that the, I call them two, four, six, and eight based upon number of contacts. Well, a contact when it is digital is not the same as a contact that is person. You know, mm -hmm. a phone or a visit uh, or a Zoom meeting, et cetera, is a very different contact than sending an email or a text message. Uh, first of all, the email may go in the spam folder and never be seen, or it may go in your normal folder, but you look at the person it was coming from or the subject line and you never open it. Or you open it, but then the phone rang or something happened and you never read it and on and on. So uh, these kinds of messages where there's a time delay and an uncertainty about whether the prospect even read or received it, um, that's, a less, that's less robust than a regular contact. And that may be the reason why it actually takes longer for people to make certain decisions um, and to get customers.
customers. So it is a new strategy when we have to be 100% digital. It's hard. We use uh, we use Bitly links to sort of try to spy. Like, so if we share like a deck or something, I'll send them a Bitly link of the URL. So when they go, no one was interested, and it is zero opens. <laughs> Yeah, well, and and a lot. Have you noticed that a lot of the uh, email marketing tools and so forth are now trying to help us identify who opened or who who viewed or how many views and so forth. Uh, so, because there is a recognition that just sending communication in one direction is not communication. Communication has to be returned in order for the circuit to be completed. Absolutely, analytics are important part of any part of a business and i know a lot of people um, don't really look at their analytics on everything to be able to determine what the next step should be and they're just kind of like diving in and trying some things but they're they're never really sure without checking the analytics what's working and what's not right right so you know they, these are all the tools that we're trying to use in order to figure out again how to be better at marketing and better at sales i mean the whole idea of marketing marketing is to bring a qualified prospect in front of the sales representative um and it, i mean we could be one in the same you know it's it, with an entrepreneur you are both the marketer and the seller but sometimes those uh positions are divided up in a company and yet yeah it these are challenges that we have and again what the marketing person says and what the salesperson says as you pointed out jeff when you get home and you receive the item it's like but it didn't do what I thought it was supposed to do. They didn't give me all the info. And you feel like, you know, again, just to make the sale, you got told one thing, but the actual product did something else. Which is, which is super common, especially like I'm in the marketing world and um, I always call them predatory marketing companies because there are so many predatory marketing companies out there that will, you know, over promise all the bells and whistles and then you know get people excited sign them up get them started and about 60 90 days later nobody can get a hold of them again and i end up getting those clients coming to me saying hey i can't get a hold of my marketing company we need somebody to help us and you get in the back end and we can see what they've done and not done once we're able to get access and they've not done nothing they've done no things and i think that's what gives you know sales companies marketing companies a bad name because there are so many of these companies out there that are doing these things and i think that's why transparency is so important much to yeah. just point earlier yeah again just like there are four buying styles there are actually four selling styles and they too i use two four six eight but those numbers don't necessarily have to do with uh numbers of contacts it's just they have a similar mindset as to the number two buyer so the number two seller is very transactional let's get it done i'm in a hurry you know let's go on to the next person and they may say anything just to get the sale because it's about winning and succeeding and on to the next conquest the number four person again wants that connection with you and wants to be a friend and you know and that again that works for some buyers they really are looking for that and for other buyers it's like this is way too personal you know i'm not looking for my my seller to want to get to know me that way and the number six it's by the book let's follow the rules what are the questions i have to ask let's you know if we deviate you know i, I it's hard for me to you know go out of the norm here because this is what i've been told to do and the number eight they lay it out logically 
and you should know whether to make up your mind. And they don't ask. They don't want to pressure because they don't want to be pressured. You know, so different styles again. And if you understand both your own style and the buyer's style, then you can make adjustments that lead to more success. I'm thinking I'm a number four on both. I just, I, I don't know. I think I am. I, I, I keep listening and I'm like, I'm leaning more towards four on both, both angles. Um, here's an example of how not to sell right here. We just got spams with a whole bunch of these. So. <laughs> Wait, I actually, I just, I did buy those followers. And they oh, did you? Really, that was really good. <laughs> yeah. It's a terrible idea for so many reasons. See, the, the, this is the thing that bothers me too, and it bothers you as well. And that is there's no, um, no one has made a, uh, an inquiry as to whether or not there's a pain point. Is there something that is bothering you guys? Are you are you unhappy with your current level of followers or whatever mm -hmm. it might be? And instead, there's an assumption made. If you've got the show, you want followers. I can deliver the followers. Yeah. You need me. I mean, that is... That's their logic. That's their that's their ploy. And this happens to me constantly, especially I find through LinkedIn that I yes. get all these requests to connect with the person. Why? Because I'm going to upscale your business. I'm going to yeah. make you successful. I'm going to bring in more revenue. I've got clients for you. I've got leads. I got. I got is is know. there psychology to that? Because I I don't like LinkedIn, and here's why. <laughs> exactly what you said. I get anxiety about opening my LinkedIn account and I'll get on there. There'll be like a hundred and some private messages and it overwhelms me. So I just don't even get on there very, very rarely because I don't like surfing to my LinkedIn. I know. I, I like, I don't like hard selling. I don't, I'm not a hard seller. I never have been what I have to offer. I look at like a service. And so I'm not going to chase people down, you know, beating them over the head that they need my service. It's just not who I am. And so when people do that to me, it's almost an insult. <laughs> it is a real turnoff. In fact, um, I, I have a new uh, system that I have just recently developed with a com with a colleague and we call it conversational soft selling yes. because it's, it's the opposite of the hard sell and it's a conversation that you have with somebody as if they're a friend you know you don't treat friends that way you know you don't pressure them and you don't bully them and you don't make them feel you know that they're a rotten egg because they made a different decision you know you stand by with them you consult with them and you hope that you know they might choose to go forward because of the fact that this is the best fit not because of some other reason Absolutely. And so, I, I, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say the, the Twitch is where you're getting all these bots. And the one that Maria put up, one, two, three, four, five, six, there's seven, all from bigfollows.com. And uh, it, anyway, it's insane. And so, but on LinkedIn, I was just thinking this earlier today. It's, an, it's so annoying. They're like, hey, I noticed you have <laughs> the word marketing on your profile. Yeah, yeah that's me right. and everyone. It's yeah. like, give me a break. Or they'll go like, hey, I like your business. Maybe yeah. we can, and I'll go, which business? Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I got 10 things on my LinkedIn, right? And it's like, or they're like, you know, uh, listen to your podcast. I'm like, oh, really? What episode? You know, and they, or like, but they all are like, <laughs> it's such a ridiculous what, connection. There's no real connection they're making there. No, that like is... Some, what you said, connection, there's none. It's all based upon, again, a bot who's finding words, and then some message has been canned, and out it goes to you. And it looks like it's coming from a person. It's coming from, you know, a bot. You know, and it's very disturbing to me, too. 
That is, yeah, and I think apparently I don't have the right words on my LinkedIn. You don't have mark. Do you have marketing or sales? Because those are two triggers. Absolutely not. So that's why, because <laughs> it's a lot of lead gen. They're scared of, of Angela. They know they yeah. can't mess They're with like, Angela. <laughs> no, they mess with me all the time. And and here's the thing: it could there could be something lost in all my messages that I need more than anything, and I will never know because I'm not reading them. <laughs> yeah, but LinkedIn, you know, LinkedIn used to be. The type of you LinkedIn was the platform where you connected with people that you literally knew. So mm. it was actually a useful thing. So if all of a sudden, if I saw that Angela knew Dr. Nancy and I needed to get a hold of Dr. Nancy, I knew if I reached out to Angela, she knew Dr. Nancy. Yep. Now there's a 99.8% chance that anyone who's connected to anyone has no idea who those people are. <laughs> and it makes LinkedIn completely useless. useless. I was, you know, I've been on LinkedIn forever. I happen to have just because I've worked so many places and you pick up, you know, lots of things along the way. So I've got a decent following, you know, like maybe thousand, I don't know, a couple thousand, I, which on LinkedIn to me is a reasonable, but there's people with 80,000. It's like, there's no, that's you now you're treating people. this like Instagram <laughs> and it's like, and then, but LinkedIn, like with their stories now where you can link like in the other platforms, you have to have like, 5,000 or 10,000 followers. I'm like, so you're rewarding the people who uh, are, are just, spamming, are spamming <laughs> the system and you're like, you're not the actual hardcore people. You, you know, so it's like, it's like one of those things where it's like, ugh, it's, it's becoming a useless. Yeah. Useless you, place. yeah. I, I've uh, sadly, I think of less and less of LinkedIn. Yeah. It used to be, it used to be great in the heyday. Yeah, it, I, and I had, I had written over ninety articles that I had used posted on LinkedIn, you know, years back, because it was one of these thought platforms where you could exchange with other professionals and like-minded people and get feedback. And now it's like, yeah, it's just I don't know, it's it's changed. Right. Yeah, it was more where I would write something similar to maybe a white paper, like not full-on analysis, of course, yeah, but then yeah. also not like some quickie blog post, right? Yeah. Yeah. But, so it was a nice, as you said, thought generator conversation, like real conversation starter, not, <laughs> hey, thumbs up or something like that, really. It's not, it doesn't drive that anymore. Yeah. Not in the same way. No. It, and it's also become, I think, more for finding jobs, which, again, that could be a use of it, but not the only use. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So... What's the way wait, somebody needs to create another, another platform, yeah, another huh? platform that, that doesn't ruin it like LinkedIn has. I did I agree. I liked LinkedIn LinkedIn before it got super spammy. So oh well. TikTok. I have I have a TikTok account. I'm not good at TikTok. I just your yeah, kids. use it for yeah. Your kids. Hey, hey uh, not Dr. Nancy, before we get too far to the end of the show, can where can we get your book? So the book is available on Amazon. Um, however, if you want to pay a little less money and get an autographed copy, it's also available on my website, rapportbuilders.com slash book. And Rapport Builders, um, the end of the um, Rapport Builders ends in a Z for Zare, not S. So Rapport Builders. And rapport is the word that means people coming together and feeling comfortable with one another. I have to okay. say that because it's it's rapport or is it is it construction company? No, we're rapport. constructing relationships. All right. Rapport. Yeah. yeah. So if you'd like an autographed copy, go to rapportbuilders.com. Not only will you get an autographed copy of the book, 
Um, by the way, it's nice and uh, skinny so that it reads pretty quickly, but you will also get some amazing cue cards that talk about the different uh, personality styles. And again, uh, they're like cheat sheets that you can use to help you identify the four styles and what it is to say to create rapport quickly and authentically. Are any of those personalities cray-cray? <laughs> I know I haven't classified Jeff. one that way. Jeff, Jeff's is cray cray. Yeah. That's so. all right. I love cray cray Jeff anyway. So actually I have an interesting question. Um, all of your I questions mean, have been interesting, yeah. Angela. <laughs> She's a good thinker. <laughs> we'll be the, ju we'll be the judge. Me. Say, we'll be the judge honest, of that, Angela. You just throw out a question. Opinion, we'll I have an interesting question. Right. Sorry. Um, in the words, words are so important. They have so yes. much power, right? And you talk about establishing that authentic relationship with someone. Is within your selling? Is there also um, that next step that goes to resolving? conflict or the dissatisfied purchase uh, customer. Do you have that as, as part of that as well? Or is that maybe something to look forward to in the future? It's something to look forward to in the future, but the same principles hold again. And mm -hmm. of course, it, with, the, with a big important um, uh, caveat, and that is you need to listen. You know, when somebody is disturbed and they have a complaint or an objection, I mean, that's when you really need to listen carefully to what it is that is bothering them and respond to that. You know, we we have been using two phrases recently uh, around here, and one is that hurting people say hurtful things. Mm -hmm. And so when you hear a hurtful statement, then maybe hear that someone's hurting. And then the other one is... Um, giving them grace and space. Nice, so, nice. Trying nice. to like tie these two together to create empathy and patience. Sure. And, you know, there's obviously 2020, 2021 has been very difficult. So trying to use these phrases to sort of create that mental pause, mm -hmm. that mental grace, you know, the mental grace for the other person and give them that space. And then how do you find the right words to bring them back to a, a sense of calm so you can have a real conversation again. So one thing, you know, um, you ha when somebody is, um, you know, hurting, they're actually saying more about themselves than they are about you. Even when mm -hmm. they use your name in the sentence, um, one of, again, the number four personality style tends to take things personally. They're very quick to self-reflect, look inward, question themselves. What did I just say or do? It, there must be something wrong with me. And that's a very typical number four response. But th the truth of the matter is that when anyone utters a sentence, even though your name is in that sentence, it's about them. And like you said, if, if they're saying something hurtful, then it's coming from a place where they themselves are feeling uh, pain and discomfort and hurt. And at that point, they usually just want to feel understood. Uh, yes, they need to obviously get it out. And um, a lot of times what we have to be aware of is that just because somebody is having a symptom doesn't mean we have to stand there and take it. You know, So if they're being rude and abusive and, and in a way that doesn't serve you, then, you know, time out. Let's 
get out of the yep. situation, you know, step away and, and let time, you know, let things simmer down, et cetera. I think that's very, very good advice. And I did put the link to your book in uh, the comments. Oh, and I also just bought a copy. So Angela might have good questions, but I just bought your book. So there's that. <laughs> Right. <laughs> wow, well, you are my newest teacher's best friend. Pet. I'm a teacher's pet. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> did, did you buy it from Dr. Nancy? Or I bought it. I did not buy it. Yeah, I bought it on her website. Good. That's right. Yeah. For me, from the you know, it's cheaper than Amazon, and you get an autographed copy. And I'll cherish it. Thank you. <laughs> but will you use it? I will. I, I've read all the books that I bought. I, I love to read, actually. Yeah. And this one's a quick read and uh, it's kind of a reference book. So I think you'll enjoy it. I like that. I'm going to get it too. So it so, looks like two, two of, the, two two of us, Angela, my two besties. Angela <laughs> isn't interested in your book. I'm sorry. I am super interested <laughs> yeah, but in your book. She's going to buy it too. Angela's too, too focused on uh, herself. I'm sorry. asking good <laughs> questions. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. Um, I, if I may uh, I'm share not a, a thought. We haven't had eight touches yet. Sorry. <laughs> ah, that's right. That's right. You need you need more time to get to know me and warm up and, you know, find out whether I've got anything of value. Right. <laughs> I'm certain that you do. If, if I may share a thought that the, that the New York Times has referred to as the greatest thought of 2021. Hashtag greatest thought of 2021. Yeah, actually, I don't have any. I, this was great, though. I, I, I've enjoyed this. This. Good. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get your book. And Jeff, uh, what's your thought? No, I was kidding. I was, was just making fun of. I was making fun of you. He was. He was trying to elevate, you know. And I was just. I was just. I was giving my own thing, Grandia. Yeah. That, and bring some attention to him. Yeah. Yeah. So, Doctor Nancy, typical Jeff, Jeff, eight. Typical Jeff, eight. Jeff's website is jeffisfunny.com. So, just so you know, that's oh, good. Who he is, as a that's, person. That's All right, that's so Jeff is funny. You can psychoanalyze that one too. <laughs> okay, yep, yep, yep. And um, when I love, I love helping my clients figure out again if you've got a big prospect that is coming up, and maybe you've never even met this person, but you've scheduled an appointment. Um, I can tell you what their style is. You can go in prepared. You can go in with a good, you know, uh, understanding of what to expect from the other person. Hence, that will give you the edge in terms of the conversation and uh, so that's what I do for my clients that's what I can do for you so do they go to the same website the rapport builders with a z.com uh, that's 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 where all the goodies take place everything all the wonderful things so um, I think I think uh, well the reason my website is Jeff is funny before yeah is because <laughs> it, it was my it was just because my last name is Dwaskin it's it's yeah, the same it's the same reason I would have said uh, don't use the word rapport it's a website. It's a hard word to spell. I know it is interesting. I didn't think about it at the time because yeah. rapport was exactly the right word. Yeah. What I was trying to build, I was trying to build rapport, you know, um, etc. But uh, so you can go to jefftowaskinshow.com and you'll pull up my web, my podcast. But I have Jeff is funny because people can actually know those words, spell the words, <laughs> and that's a good reason to uh, you know take the website. Yeah. So. That's, That's great. So do you have anything else that you want to leave with our listeners, our viewers uh, before we end the show? 
So if anyone contacts me uh, on that website, I do have a free uh, scorecard called the Likeability Assessment, where you can uh, learn about your style. Because uh, after all, Maria is trying to figure out hers. Jeff isn't you know, clear. I think Angela decided that she knows what hers is. But if you're unclear what your style is, um, I will give you that assessment at no cost. And just mention that you heard it on this show, because uh, I like to reward people who uh, promote the show and uh, our good listeners and audiences. Awesome. And we appreciate that. So make sure you go to Rapport Builders, R-A-P-P-O-R-T-B-U-I-L-D-E-R-Z.com. Thank you. All right. And Angela, Jeff, do you have anything that you want to say? I was reading it and I skipped a letter. So that's just where I'm at. Um, yeah, I have, I have one thing to ask is where, where on the website is the book? Uh, it's, you have to go reportbuilders.com slash book and that I, takes you directly to the page. I put it in forward, the in the comments too. Forward slash book. Okay. Got it. Okay. So, all right. Well, I've, you guys are who I can't wait to hear other episodes. <laughs> Dr. Nancy, thank you so much for joining us today. It was really a pleasure. My pleasure very much. Thank you. Yes, Dr. Thank Nancy, you so you're awesome. You are awesome. She has Maybe the next time we talk, I'll be Dr. Angela. I love it. <laughs> that would be great. That There's would be great. Many more sleepless nights in my future. <laughs> You'll be Dr. Buckley. Dr. No, Buckley. I'm going to call you a Dr. Buckley. That sounds better. <laughs> I think she gets to pick her name though. I mean, that's Doc usually Buck. the rules. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay. Just decided, I guess. All right. Until <laughs> okay. next week, Tuesdays, 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Business Acceleration Playbook, bringing you the plays that you need to win in your business. Until next time. Thank you.